Hello, everybody, and good morning, and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you, as always, by GitGo Cafe and Market, where Tom, you know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I'm getting as many of these pilgrim sandwiches as I can before time runs out. I'm enjoying it at GitGo. Tom, how you doing, my man? Good, and yourself, Chris? It's uh, good to see you. It's good to see you as well. We didn't get to do our job last week, but we're back here. And uh, we've got some huge news to talk about, Tom. And uh, it was reported from Jamison Hensley, Hensley of uh, ESPN that uh, the Ravens have multiple uh, players who have tested positive for COVID-19 and have shut down their facilities for the time being. Tom, this is, of course, a major red flag. We don't know how many Ravens have tested positive, but we do know that some, I mean, multiple means is that, and that anybody who tested positive and anyone who was a close contact to the, someone who did test positive has to, has to stay in isolation for five days, which, of course, the Steelers playing the Ravens Thanksgiving night, that's three days away. That's going to knock a lot of people out if, if, if that's a big list. Yeah, and as always, we, we should, you know, kind of uh, let people live behind the curtain a little bit. We're, we're filming this on a Monday. Yes. So the news is just kind of breaking. By the time you see this in the morning, there's a good chance maybe some of the names come out or the number of players involved with both the positive test and the contact tracing. So, you know, this may become a really big story or, you know, multiple can mean two and maybe two guys and depending on who they are. Uh, but it's certainly a short week, and it's 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 a, it's a big disruption. Uh, just let, let's just break this down first for the Ravens, who are yeah. reeling right now. They've lost multiple games. Suddenly, they find themselves uh, in a dogfight to make the playoffs. Forget winning the division; that's that's gone. It's it's now about trying to make the playoffs. And uh, you know they've they've got this game. They've got the Browns coming up in a couple of weeks, and to have this happen right now to them, uh, they of course. You know, they've had that Marlon Humphrey a couple weeks ago had this issue. Uh, so this has kind of been hovering over the league and hovering over the Ravens uh, for several weeks. So, you know, we'll, we'll know a little bit more, but man, oh, man, a marquee game too, right? A Thursday night game, uh, NBC national television game. You know, what happens if it's not played? What happens if they decide they have to move this back to the weekend? I'm sure NBC is not going to be happy. Of course, we preface this, of course, by player safety uh, rules the day, what, what, whatever they can do. But again, this is, you know, I think the league thought that they'd kind of gotten away from this maybe a little bit. Maybe, uh, you know, five, six weeks ago, this was an issue. We haven't had any dis disruptions in weeks with a game. This will be another test. And it's in a, a Thursday night game where there's no time. It's, it's coming. It's going to be here, here in 72 hours. And, and that's the thing. Not even just the fact that it's a Thursday night game. It's the Steelers and the Ravens. NBC's probably sitting there thinking like this was a, a money bank for, for, for us coming into coming into this season. And on top of that, there's no way to flex a team to replace it. You're not. There's no two teams that are going to say, "Yeah, we'll just move our Sunday or Monday game up into Thursday." That'd be ridiculous. Uh, um, yep. Way too much to consider. I mean, that the NFL just wouldn't have a Thursday night game on Thanksgiving, which hasn't happened in a, in a long time. Um, you know, Tom. To me, you know, and, and we we've seen teams go through this. The Raiders just went through this before Sunday night football. They had they had Cleveland Farrell tested positive, and they had several defenders who were put on the COVID list because they were close contacts. But because that was reported on Monday, and they had a Sunday game, they were able to push it back, and they said, "Okay, well, you know, we're, things are fine. This this will this will play out." And then we saw the Raiders were this close to beating to beating the Chiefs on on Sunday. Uh, but 
this is a totally different story. There, there's no time to rebound. It's either you can play or you can't. Um, if this game has to get flexed to Sunday or Monday, um, you know, I know that the, the NFL wouldn't like it, but it might just have to be the best thing to keep the players safe and to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, I agree. Um, in some weird way, the, the Steelers would uh, it would kind of be a little bit of payback for the, take, having to take that extra bye week. This way they wouldn't have to play a Thursday night game. Now, you always hear the story, the, 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 the pros and cons of it, the cons of it obviously playing in four days. But then the Steelers would get, what is it, 10 days between games? Yeah, this would have been like a, a, a weird unofficial bye week sort of thing. But again, it's just the, the, just the idea of the disruption. You know, they've yeah. already started their week. They've already started their week this week, and then, which they normally wouldn't have to because it's a Thursday night game. Uh, and, but again, Chris, we've been talking about this all year. This is just – it's an imperfect year, and people have to be flexible. We talk about flexing a game. Everyone has to be flexible with this, and, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, hopefully, uh, the Ravens will be able to feel the team and the, the league decides that the game will go on. Uh, but, you know, fans have to just kind of wait and see, see where we are, and, and everyone's just going to have to adapt. I think the Steelers have been very good this season of dealing with this kind of stuff. Obviously, they had it with Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. They had it with their own player with Vance McDonald, uh, Ben, uh, and a couple of uh, – who was it? Uh, linebacker. Uh, two, two of their main starters were, yeah. were missed all of, of the week before uh, leading up to the game against the Bengals game. Mm-hmm and uh, came back and played fine. So, you know, again, it's just something that uh, everyone has to be flexible and and learn to deal with. So let's talk about the AFC North, Tom, because this is a much different look than we were talking about it just a few weeks ago when the Ravens were playing the Steelers and it was, you know, I think it was five and O versus five and one, uh, you know, or six or, you know, it was, it was a, it was a crazier division. Now, you mentioned that in the last segment how the Ravens are reeling. They've lost three of their last four, and that's put this division in a very different state than a lot of people were predicting. Right now, the Steelers, of course, at the top. They're 10-0. and uh, But the Browns are in second place at 7-3. and They came off a really narrow win against the Eagles, but their defense standing tall even without Miles Garrett. And now the Ravens are are on the outside looking at the AFC playoff picture. They're tied among three teams at six and four, but the Raiders uh, from Las Vegas have the tiebreaker to be the seventh spot right now. Tom, this is a really tough position for the Ravens to be in because now they got to play the steel. Well, we'll see what happens with when, when they play the Steelers at, at Heinz Field. Um, and if they lose this game, it's going to put them into a serious hole. Well, let's let's just uh, you know if they lose if they lose Thursday night if they again if the game's played the Browns go into their next game at Jacksonville I believe it is yep. with a chance to go two games clear of them which puts a lot starts to put a lot of pressure uh, on the Ravens uh, to to kind of almost run the table and now I think once they get by the Browns again who they beat handily the first time but once they you know they they the the room for air, margin for error for Baltimore is down very low. Um, they they just they they they've kind of had this hiccup at the wrong time of the season, and it's hurt them at a time where the other teams around them who are fighting for wild cards are winning. Now, yesterday they were they were fortunate that a few other teams like the Dolphins lost, and uh, you know they they got a break with Oakland losing and Oakland or I'm sorry Las Vegas, but boy Las Vegas looks like a team that's going to make the playoffs. I don't know how you feel, Chris. 
But Las Vegas looks like one of those teams that are going to be in. You look at the Browns' schedule to end the season. My goodness, they have Jacksonville. They've yep. got a tough game, obviously, against the Ravens. But then they, they have Tennessee, which is their other big game. And then after that, they have the two games against the, the New York teams, which they should win both of those. And then who knows what the Steelers are doing in Week 16, right? You know, where They could be resting most of their team by then. So the Browns, I think, have an excellent shot at making it. Uh, that sounds weird with the Browns, but just the, the, the way that they're playing and the schedule that they're playing gives them a shot. So the Ravens had better find a way. Uh, if they don't win this game the next, next week, they, they'd better beat the Browns in a couple weeks. And, and it really seems like the Ravens are flustered right now. Because, I mean, and, and naturally so. I mean, when you lose three out of your last four after starting five and one, that they, they, your frustrations will start to set in. But, you know, Tom, I don't know if you got to see, but you saw John Harbaugh before the game getting into it with Titans cornerback and former Patriot Malcolm Butler. And then after the game, uh, Mike Vrabel goes to shake Harbaugh's hand. He waves him off. He didn't want to shake his hand. Um, and it was obvious that this team's flustered. You heard Lamar Jackson after the game saying, and it feels like everyone wants to lose and this is a team that's scraping for answers right now and now they've got to deal with covid now great they have they have the game this game against the steelers um and this is always a rivalry game no matter what the state of uh, you know of both franchises or both teams are um their stretch of games is a little different than the browns they do get to play the browns but they're in at cleveland the browns looking for revenge from getting smoked in the opening week but they get to play the cowboys at home the jaguars at home the giants at home and then on the road against the Bengals. this is going to be really interesting because if the ravens if the ravens win this week they they can they can they can sort of preserve themselves in the in in chasing and chasing the browns and sticking with them but if they lose this week they're gonna be two games back and they basically need to beat to, to win out and then hope the Browns drop one of their final games. Um, I, again, I'm just shocked that I, I didn't think we'd be sitting here and we saying the Browns have an inside track to make the playoffs right now. Well, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong with this. Three, can three teams make it from the same division? Yeah, be this, it, okay. Yep. So, yep. Oh, so, so I, but I still think, you know, um, it, it may also depend on what happens with, the Colts, I mean, we're, the picture's still not quite clear yet with the, with, with the Raiders, the Colts, uh, those type of teams. You just With the Colts, you just don't know week to week. I still think Tennessee – I was by the way, I was completely wrong on our prediction two weeks ago. You were right. I should have never gone against Carter <laughs> Cheeks. You picked, uh, you, picked, you picked the Colts in that game, right? And I picked Tennessee, and I was completely wrong. But I, I don't have – I don't trust Phillip Rivers. But, but I, I think Tennessee gets in. I think Tennessee is going to probably win that division. But, you know, there's a good chance one of those two – a uh, wild card comes out of there too. So it's uh, – to, to, to your point, the Ravens just – they there's very little margin for error there. Uh, and that game against the Browns to me is uh, – I don't want to say it's an elimination game, uh, especially if the Browns lose because I think they can still make it. They still have a pathway. But there's, I, I don't think there's any way Baltimore makes it if they lose to the Steelers and lose to the Browns. That just seems to me like too much to overcome. It would be because, like you said, it's not just the, it's just not just about the the Colts and the Titans and the Steelers and the Browns for the Ravens. It's also about the Raiders, who are six and four, and yeah. they, they they took the Chiefs to the mat after beating the Chiefs earlier in the season in in Kansas City, and they've beaten the Saints this year. They've shown that they could be a really competitive team. Um, and then you still have teams like the Dolphins. Who 
division, though they lost this past weekend, they're tied with the Ravens at six and four, and their defense has shown weeks where they can really show up and, and play well. And, and so I mean, there's quite a few teams that can battle it out with Baltimore and push the Ravens from being what were they were the number one seed last year to maybe missing the playoffs. Crazy situation in the AFC North. So, Tom, something that I've heard a lot over the past few weeks with the Steelers not having a strong ground game over a stretch of three games, they played, you know, they, they didn't get over 50 yards rushing for three straight games. That kind of returned against the Jaguars. They get 106 against them, um, and that makes for six games of over 100-yard rushings for the team out of their 10 wins. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk, Tom, about, can the Steelers run the ball effectively and consistently because that's often quote unquote, what's needed in December football. Um, Eric Ebron team's tight end addressed that when he was asked about that on Monday in his press availability. And he said the following quote, are these the same experts that never played football before? We don't care what people say, man. If it's December football, we have to throw it to win. We're going to throw it to win. It is what it is. Our run game will improve and continue to improve. You have to understand that everyone has this virtual intensive protocol. So not everything's together and we don't get all the, all the run game reps you normally do. He's like, yes, we took a little dip, but we had six games where we rushed for over 100 yards and we're 10-0. So out of the four games, we didn't run for 100 yards, but we need to do better. He said, I, statistically, I'm with this and I love numbers and I can talk stats all day. A lot of smoke coming from Eric Ebron, a guy who's really helped the Steelers in the passing game. Tom, how much do you think of this is just kind of just talk about the Steelers' run game needing to be better in, these fi- in this final stretch of games that they have? You know, I think there's certainly something to it. I mean, you you would like to be able to be multi-dimensional, but if you're if you're giving me a choice of being a really good running team or a really good passing team, I'm going to stick with what they have going for them because that's usually what wins. We we think of Kansas City last year. Kansas City got rid of Kareem Hunt and won a Super Bowl. Uh, if I don't even remember, and this may be my own ignorance, I can't even remember who their running back was because they have a young kid as their running back now, right? They have a rookie as their running back. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, along with Le'Veon Bell. So I don't remember even who their running back was last year. And (laughs) I guess my point is, is that, you know, if you have a great quarterback, which the Steelers do, and who's who's certainly back to where he – I don't know if he was back to where he was a few years ago, but but certainly finding his way with a really good receiving core, uh, multi – multi-threat receiving core I'm going to take that and if you can get a little bit of running game and of course this one this example has been used a hundred times but I mean just over the years with the, with the Patriots they really haven't had a great running great running game uh, you certainly you don't want to be held to 10 yards or 15 20 yards uh, and turning the ball over uh, but I think that if you can get by uh, especially when you have the other facets of the game the defense the run defense uh, the ability to sack the quarterback, create turnovers, passing. If, if I just listed those four categories, my fifth category would be running the ball, right? It, to me, it's, it's can you pass the ball? Can you throw the ball? Can you defend the pass? Can you defend the run? And then to me, the next thing is running the ball right, right before, and you can put special teams in there somewhere as well. So I, I do think they want it to get it better, uh, but I don't think it's like, if they're going into the playoffs, you know, running, averaging 50, 60, 70 yards a game, I don't think it's a huge concern. Yeah, and that's the thing I try to remind people about is that not all teams need to run the ball great. In fact, the last time the Steelers won the Super Bowl in 2008, they averaged, they, they ranked 29th 
in yards per carry in the NFL. They, they were the third. They were they were great twenty third in rushing offense that year, and that was despite rushing you know running among the most teams in the NFL. And on top of that, people might not realize this, but James Conner. This of course before Monday Night Football and whatever might happen with that. But James Conner has these the eighth most rushing yards in the NFL right now, and that's without obviously you, we could say the Steelers' run game hasn't been you know immaculate this year. I think that there, that it's a little bit overstated that the running game is needed. We saw back in 2008 uh, and where Ben Roethlisberger was nowhere near the level that he's playing at right now uh, with the, with such a complete receiving core that he had, that he has in this season. And that great defense was able to really push the team over the top and what they could do on offense was good enough to, to, to win, to win games in the, in the big moments. And now again, this year, you have a much better passing offense. You're average, averaging almost 30 points per game. Your defense is on pace for more than 30 turnovers on the season. Uh, they're on fire right now, Tom. And yeah, it'd be great if they could run the ball because that would make them even more unstoppable than they have been. But I just, I think that I, I feel where Ebron was coming from when he was firing back with his quotes on Monday, on Monday, because I, I do, feel like it's a little overstated how much the run game needs to be back and dominant because people want that old school Steelers football or whatever. Yeah, I think situational running is also important. I think there have been there's some stretches here True. recently where they couldn't pick up a third and one. They couldn't pick up a fourth one. Those are the kind of plays to me stick in your craw. Like you can't pick up one yard. And you remember uh, right, uh, was it the Dallas game where yeah. they, they did not go for the field goal, which could have put them out of reach, but they were worried about that. And they couldn't get one yard one or two yards. Those are the kind of plays I think to me, that's especially as we get, as the games become more important and they will become very important in January. That's where you've got to be able to get, maybe convert that third and two, uh, that the, the third and one, or if you go for it on fourth and one, I think those are really important plays. Um, otherwise, you know, again, you we're, I don't want us to come off as saying you don't run the ball at all because you do have to be able to run the ball a little bit. Uh, but I think that, that, that the, they're okay right now. I, I think they're all right. If, uh, you know, if, if they didn't have this kind of quarterback playing at this level, then it's a problem. You look at – let's just use the Browns as an example. I mean, they are just the polar opposite, right? Yeah. They are just – literally, they have turned Baker Mayfield into a game manager. Mm -hmm. uh, Chubb and Hunt and, and, and really pray for rain because that, that's been very successful in Cleveland recently. They keep winning games in monsoons. Uh, so, um, but when you have the, the great quarterback like those Steelers do, I, I will take that any day of the week. Okay.